Hey, welcome to the Rave Podcast. I'm the founder and host, Lamont Hall, aka The God Seeker. Rave is a platform developed to address issues surrounding church, Christianity, and godly living. We are in a society that provides many alternatives to the Word of God. Our hope is that Rave will provide the necessary essentials to help believers rightly divide the Word of Truth. We will be transparent in our discussions so that our listeners are encouraged, uplifted, and enlightened. We will use God's word as the foundation of our discussions and to support all matters discussed here. So thanks for tuning in and remember, rejoice, adorate, venerate, and exalt the true and living God. Many blessings. Hey, welcome to the Rave Podcast. This is your host, Lamont Hall, a.k.a. The God Seeker. I want to thank you all again for tuning in. We truly appreciate it. Thank you for your time, your patience with us. We uh, got a great topic today. The topic for today is, uh, is this the hand of God or a result of my sin? So I know I'm not the only one who has gone through something and has questioned it. Well, what did I do wrong? Where was I at? Something had to happen. I must have messed up. Well, God, I'm sorry for sinning. I did this. I did that. And sometimes we have to just come to the realization that some things are just the hand of God just to grow us and to take us into something else. So today we have an amazing guest. Once again, Minister Kelvin Kelly is with us. And today he's going to share his story. So for those of you that don't know him or hadn't heard of him or hadn't heard his story, an, an amazing story and, and everything about this topic, he's going to be able to share with you. So, Mr. Kelvin, man, glad to have you again. Hey man, dude, we truly, truly, truly appreciate you, your family, and your time. So, Kelvin, we've been knowing each other for a while, and and so you shared me some time ago uh, a story of some things that you went through, you and your family uh, had to go through, and it was really amazing. So, I wanted to take this time for this podcast today is to let you share that story. I know there are some people out there that that ponder that question. When they go through and have a trial come their way, the first thing that a lot of us ask is, God, what did I do? You know, I tried to do this. I tried to give. I tried to, to live right. And sometimes those questions aren't answered. You know, we, we don't have an answer for those. There's not a solution. And, and God has to remind us that that he is the potter and we are the clay. And so we have to... Um, to endure some of those things. So if you would take a little time, man, just, just tell us a little bit about you and your, and your story. Oh man. Thanks. Uh, 2016, uh, it was, um, um, I had, I was working as a youth pastor on staff at a, at a church in Zachary, Louisiana. And, uh, me and my wife went to a marriage conference, and while I was there, I uh, heard a, a speaker. It's pretty dynamic. And I, I said to myself, "Man, I would show sure like to get to know this guy." And long story short, uh, the the gentleman uh, uh, that evening uh, gave his card to another gentleman. Say, "Hey, there's a guy that uh, that was there tonight. I want him to have this card. Uh, could you pass it to him?" He said. Uh, so the guy walked up to me. He said. The gentleman who spoke uh, tonight said that uh, you, had, you guys had a had a connection that he wanted to follow up with you about it. And so, long story short, uh, uh, 
uh, went home that night and, and woke up the next morning and, and I thought about him. I said, let me call him to see if he's available for, for breakfast. And so, uh, so with that, uh, I ended up, uh, driving back to the, the, the retreat center where they were having the Samaritan conference and, uh, I ended up calling him. And so he was on his way, uh, back to his hometown, which is in Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, because he was going to fly up the next day to fly to South Africa. And so he decided that he was going to turn back around and come meet me. And so, uh, so, um, he's, he, we meet at McDonald's and we have a talk and I just kind of told him some things that was on my heart and some of the desires and some of the, the fears about, you know, my next chapter, what the Lord was doing. And, um, uh, he, he left before he left. He said, we're connected. And so long story short, one day I ended up calling him and he said, uh, be praying for my wife. She had a stroke. And unbeknownst to me, I knew exactly what a stroke was. It was on her right side, and her right arm was uh, was uh, kind of deformed. And I said, uh, "By the way, your wife uh, won't be paralyzed." And it just so happened, I knew that. Uh, I guess some people call it words of knowledge, or others will say, "Man, that's a that was a word of wisdom that the Lord gave you." And long story short, his wife uh, went through a a. A, uh, I think a couple weeks of a process and that the Lord went, took her through the first process. She was, um, it was her right arm and, uh, the doctors, uh, did the MRI and the x-rays to, to prove it. And, uh, the next phase was, uh, she had to walk on a walker. She couldn't walk by herself. Uh, the next phase was, uh, she walked into church, uh, on a cane. The next phase, she uh, drove herself to Whole Foods, and so uh, the Lord healed her. And so one evening, I'm sitting at the house, and a guy called me, and he says, "Hey, uh, I've been praying, and I'm, uh, I want you to go to South Africa with me." And I said, uh, "Well, I got to talk to my wife, and I also got to talk to my boss because I'm up under authority, and uh, I have to have to work, and that's how I make a living." And so, long story short, he said, just in case, send him a picture of your passport. And I said, yes, sir. And so that night I sent him a picture. Well, that around midnight, he, uh, he, he sent me the itinerary where he had already covered all the expenses trip to South Africa. And, uh, so during that time I was, uh, I was confused, uh, but yet at the same time excited about the opportunity. So one day, uh, you know, I was sitting down talking to uh, my boss in particular, and uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, trip, and and he said, well, uh, you know, I think I think I think one, uh, you should go, but uh, when you come back, we're gonna have to have somebody that's uh, that's in that position to to move forward while you're gone. And I'm like, oh man, you know, it's a tough one. You know, I have to make a decision. It's kind of forced. Uh, do I want to go or do I want to stay? And so I, I began to pray and uh, ask God, you know, different different ways uh, uh, about, you know, his will, right? Uh, is it my will or is it his? Uh, am I rushing into something or is this something I should do? And so in the midst of prayer, two things came over me, fear of the unknown and, and two, confidence and, and assurance that he's in control. And so long story short, I end up uh, going to uh, South Africa on the trip. A uh, short period of time while I was uh, 
in en route to the area, uh, landed, um, settling in, and the 2016 flood hit Louisiana. It says it's been the greatest flood in 50 years, or actually, I think some people said over, um, yeah, about 50 or so more years. Um, and my wife and kids are stuck uh, in between the two. They were evacuated three times. And I'm in South Africa pursuing a desire or a, a dream or a will. And um, it was the most difficult experience that I had ever had in my life. Uh, because one, I prided myself on being a father. And two, I, there was nothing I could do. So I, I was in Catch-22. What do I do? Uh, so I began to pray, Lord, uh, I can't be there, so I need your hands to take care of my wife and kids. Uh, no matter of all that, uh, the Lord intervened. Um, you know, he took care of my wife and kids. And uh, and they're, they're beginning to question, and I believe, not only myself, but other people have. Uh, where is God in the midst of this? And uh, is there something that I did wrong? Uh, better yet, would it have been better for me to not even go on the trip? And for you guys who are out there listening, uh, there is no pain like Uh, the pain of when you're not in control. And to be honest, I don't think we ever are in control. Um, but um, there's some things that we can backtrack. Uh, I think the first thing that I want to highlight is desire. And Lamont, you can pause me anytime you get ready. Okay. I, I think I think sometimes uh, uh, there's our desire and there's uh, God's desire. And first of all, I want to say about God's desire is it's a delight. It's not a It's not one of those things that's difficult. Uh, it's not confusing. And at the same time, it does take faith. So one of my favorite scriptures is in Proverbs said, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he would give us the desires of our heart. And there's a light, but there's a prerequisite. Is it us giving or is it God giving? Wow. And, and I think for myself personally, I think God gives the desire. And, and that, that cuts out the guest game, mm -hmm. and, and it helps with the waiting game, because God's desire always comes with a wait. Wow. Uh, because we're waiting not on our circumstances or our situation, but we're waiting on the Lord. Exactly. And so, so when we know it's God's desire versus ours, it's, it's something that we're willing to wait for. Wow. Hey, um, Kelvin. So yeah. saying that, God's desire, at what time or what point while you were away and the flood was happening did you did you ever have that sense of okay this is god was that ever there while you were away from your family uh can i be honest and say no <laughs> uh actually to be honest i was pretty upset at god um because i would say uh, to hear from god is encouraging mm -hmm. but to hear from him and allow him to lead you to places that leads to uh, discouragement. It's pretty tough to walk through. Yeah. So he, he encouraged me on one end, and then he dramatically discouraged me on the other. Yeah. So I, I think I think my desire changed after that. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. My desire. So it, it shifted from uh, what, I, what what God wanted to do versus what I wanted to do. Exactly. And so after, after that, you know, I, I think. I think the confusing part for me was I don't really want to do what God desired anymore. Exactly. I would, I, now, now I want to do what, 
with some of the desires of my heart because I believe some of the desires of God was uh, was too taxing or, or too difficult for me to walk through. Wow. And uh, so you said something earlier. You said fear and confidence. So fear comes naturally, right? Confidence is something that we have to kind of grow in, right? So you, Kelvin, for those of you who don't know, is a track guy. And Kelvin ran hurdles. So the fear when you first ran hurdles was that, okay, I'm not going to do good. I'm going to fall. I'm going to hurt myself. But after you got trained in this and after you got after you trained a little bit and got really good at it, the confidence that you can do it without thinking about it was there, right? Well, I think uh, um, I think I don't think it was ever a place that I was confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think one of the things that I, I just developed the faith. Mm. And so the faith part was. Um, if I can make less mistakes than anybody else, maybe I can win. There you go. And so, uh, so there, were, there was a, a, a faith side that came with that. I remember one, one time in particular, uh, I was going to a house party and um, I'm walking into the house. Oh, I don't know if you're supposed to mention house parties when you're talking on my whole podcast. <laughs> but, well, but I, I know I what a house party is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was going to a house party and a friend of mine was at, uh, sitting out at the door and they asked me they said Kelvin what are you going to do when they track me and without knowing I just said I'm going to win and I never turned back to even question what I had said yeah. but I didn't have an answer to what they were asking me either um, I couldn't just say hey I'm going to win because exactly. or I'm going to win uh, I know I just said I'm going to win period and, and, and so, so and so that is the amazing part of this of this faith walk because that's what God wants. God wants us to say, I'm gonna win. And I can't even tell you why, but I do know that God leads me. And in the same in the same fashion, I'm gonna win. I can't tell you how it's gonna happen. I can't even tell you when it's gonna happen. But I tell you when I line up and I get in those blocks and that gun goes off, when it's all said and done, I win. And, and I think that's I think that's the hearing part that comes into context. I think um, when you're when you're listening for uh, those moments, and I, I remember the race in particular. There was two guys, one uh, named Harry Jones, who had uh, previously went to the University of Arkansas, mm-hmm. and another the other one went to uh, to LSU, named Troy Twilley. Mm-hmm. And they were the they were the number three and the number two hurdle in in, in the U.S. during that time at the age. Wow! And and I was in lane eight. Can you get the picture? Yeah, I can get the picture. <laughs> okay, so lane lane eight was uh, you know as we know now. I uh, didn't know then, but uh, lane eight uh, the eight meant God's miraculous hand mm. uh, or unexpected gift. Wow! And so so I was in lane eight and. Uh, these two guys were at four and five. In other words, they were they were the expected, yeah. and uh, or the challenger. Mm-hmm. One was supposed to win, and the other one was supposed to challenge. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even on the Richter scale. Exactly. And so, uh, gun goes off, and it just so happens uh, I'm at the blocks first, and I'm winning the race uh, about the eighty. Mm-hmm. And and my expectation was they were going to catch me on the back end. Yeah. And um, this lady named Robin Fanbro, she's over um, the news here. She uh, 
she told the guy from Nationalist the Glassy who was coming to take a picture of these two gentlemen mm-hmm. to uh, to look at lane eight. Yeah. And the guy was like, I came for only lane four and five. <laughs> so, so she stood in my lane and took a Polaroid picture of me. Yeah. And um and gave it to the guy after the race was over. <laughs> and, and she said, Here's your number one hurdle in the country. Wow. And so so I went from a nobody, uh to a nobody in a a uh, in a, a a a a split second. Wow. Uh, you know, being able to go from uh, a nobody that uh, is not supposed to win to a nobody that won, uh, and I think that's what God does for us. I think He sets us up, mm-hmm. and and so out of that, um, my my statement almost was uh, some people like to use prophecy. Uh, but I, I, I want to say that it was humility. Wow. Uh, it was, um, I had already knew how, what my dad was going to do, even when I didn't even know him. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the beginning of a developing relationship of God trying to show me that he was fathering me wow. when I didn't have one. Wow. So you mentioned something earlier about, about the race and this, and this is a good segue to this. So let's talk about timing. All of a sudden, you said there was a, a guy that was doing this marriage conference that was from Lake Charles, but that was getting ready to fly out to South Africa, right? You guys were there. Y'all made this connection. He reaches out. You reach back out. He's getting ready to go, and he sets everything up for you to go. And you decide to go, not knowing that as soon as you get away from here, all of a sudden, the fluid starts. So how important is timing in the essence of of God shaping us and making us? How important is timing? Well, um, it's funny that you mentioned timing. Uh, traffic field is, <laughs> is uh, it's one of those things that the, the clock doesn't lie. Exactly. Um, and so, um, so during that time, I would say uh, we are never the one who determines it. In a, in a race, you're not the one who knows your time. It's the person who's watching. Exactly. And so for me, uh, the learned timing um, is I don't know when it is. And some, I believe sometimes we can be ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And, and then other times we can fall start. Yeah. And so not saying that uh, my 2016 was a false start, but, but I am saying uh, it slowed me down a little bit. Okay. I thought I, was, I thought I was going to come off the blocks like I did in the hurdles, and I thought that the end result would be that I was going to win the race. But I, I think that moment and that time for me, I think it was uh, God was saying, "Hey, um, you false started, yeah. and um, you got to wait until uh, the timing is right, or better yet, you got to wait till you are told the time versus you are uh, telling the time at the time because I don't think you determine that." Wow. Um, and could it also be that maybe you thought you were running a race that you weren't really running? So that's like uh, lining up to run. A good story. My daughter come home one day and said, well, Dad, I'm going to run. She was in track. I'm going to run 800. And so when she said that, I was like, huh? You know, because <laughs> in my mind, I know what the 800 is, right? And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe she don't really know what the 800 is. So I couldn't yeah. tell her. No, you're not going to do that. So we go to the track meet, 
and she come in dead last. And I was probably the proudest father ever because she never quit. I know people, I've seen people walk off the field running a hundred, you know, but she never stopped. She she didn't win, but she she never stopped. And so sometimes we line up for a race that we don't really know what the race is. And God often has to put us in races like that because if we knew what the race was, we might walk off the field. Well, it's funny you say that. Um, that's how I started training for the loss. Oh, really? I was, I was an 800 meter runner. And uh, I, I remember coming in there last. My mom was taking pictures. Uh-huh. And uh, it was one of those races where everybody's already finished. And yeah. you're, you're coming down the back stretch by yourself. And people yep. started clapping for you. Yep. And it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. But uh, but it was one of the most defining moments. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I knew that day uh, that I didn't want to win an eight hundred anymore. <laughs> so, so the following couple of weeks, uh, I would show up at practice, uh-huh. and instead of me going to practice, I would hide in the bathroom. Yeah, and I, I would go in the men's bathroom, and I would lock the, the stall, and I would sit on top of the toilet until practice was over. Yeah. Can't imagine being in the bathroom for two hours. Wow. Uh, and then my mom would come, and I would uh, come out of the bathroom. And, and run and go home. Wow! She, she would ask me all the time how practice was, <laughs> and I would do. I would do like smart people would do. I would lie and tell them how amazing it was, and I was running well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and in reality, I would need to practice. Exactly. And, and then one day, uh, I was walking by, and this uh, this guy was working with some hurdlers, and, and it looked like it was difficult, uh-huh. but but it also looked like an adventure. Uh-huh. And so, uh, so I ended up uh, saying, "Want to do hurdles?" And I said anything to get away from that 800. <laughs> and, uh, so that's how I began the hurdle right okay. there. Uh, you know, I, I changed races. So exactly. Yeah. So a couple more things before we we cut out today. Um, one thing is there is an is there is it important that we understand authority whenever we go through these challenges of such? Well, I I, I think some people. Um, I would say absolutely. Um, I think it's the only way that you can get appointed. I think uh, there's so many people like uh, anointed, but they're, they haven't been appointed. Exactly. So um, I think I was anointed to do what was the question. Yeah. Um, in other words, uh, everybody was telling me how good I was and, I was even believing that the Lord was working in my life, but to do what was the question? And, I, and I asked, um, the mission part of going to Africa was one. The pastoral part of being on staff was another. Mm-hmm. So, so these two tensions is going on. Okay, uh, um, going on the mission field—that's that's a new anointing. But the but the assignment that I had was pastoral. Exactly. And so, so one the transition from pastoral to missions was a, a huge uh, a huge thing and I didn't know that it was going to take some time for me to learn it wow. uh, uh, and so uh, I, uh, yes the guy was saying hey it's good that you can co- go to South Africa but he didn't tell me that it was it was another few years of a learning curve wow. and so one anointed to do it versus appointed to do it is two different things and so one uh, before we leave a position uh, we have to be ready to go to the next one. And I wasn't ready to go to that position, uh, especially at the cost of my family. Exactly. exactly. And so so that, that, I believe, is what my pastor is trying to get me to see. 
mm-hmm. but the authority in my life was getting me to see was, hey, may, maybe you you are this, uh, or maybe this is a chapter of your life. Yeah. But are are you willing to count the cost? Exactly. And I don't think I was ready to count the cost, and I know my family wasn't. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. The last yeah. question I have for you, Kelvin. Is just in brief, can you explain to us or help us understand the importance of connection? Having a connection in this walk and, and going through the moments that you had or the moments that we might have going in the future? Well, I, I think uh, honor is probably the biggest thing. Uh, uh, the greatest connection that we possibly have is with God, and He connects us with people. Um, that we are willing to honor. Wow. And so the connection side of it is, it's never a connection for us. It's who are we willing to honor? I'll give you a case in point to put a biblical context to it. Uh, David was a shepherd boy mm-hmm. uh, who was anointed by a prophet named Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from Samuel, Samuel anointed him for a particular assignment, and that was to be the king. Mm-hmm. Well, David uh, was connected to a guy by the name of Saul who took him from his family mm-hmm. to work in the palace. So David's whole life uh, with Saul was not as good as David thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saul was trying to kill him, um, and uh, he he uh, he wasn't excited about every move that David made. made uh, but at, at the same time, David had to learn one particular thing that he wasn't called Saul for his behalf. He was called to Saul because of Saul's behalf. Mm-hmm. And so if David is teaching us anything. He was showing us the word honor in, in this full context. Wow. And, um, and so connections is never about us being in a place where we are the one who's receiving the honor. Wow. It's about who has God called us to honor. Wow. That is... Yeah. Well stated, well stated. Kelvin, once again, it's always a pleasure. Truly, truly, truly appreciate you sharing your testimony with us, your experience, and just that that good knowledge about, about how to carry yourself through those, tri- those trying times as a Christian and as a person that's really seeking out God. And to our audience, we truly appreciate you once again. And remember, rejoice, adorate, venerate, and exalt the true and living God. Many blessings. We would like to thank you again for tuning into the Rave Podcast. Truly appreciate your time. Pray that something was said on the uh, discussion that would encourage you to seek out God for yourself, uh, get a greater understanding of who He is and and who He is in your life. We pray that we would always continue to be transparent, real, and raw, but never forgetting the foundational truths of God, His Word, and who He has called us to be. And remember, uh, rejoice, adorate, venerate, and exalt the true and living God. Many blessings. Mm -hmm.